All right. Welcome back. Welcome to episode number 20-something. I'm trying not to keep track, but we're we're starting to uh, scratch our way to the 30th episode. They all said this couldn't be done. They all said uh, it'll never work. It'll never last. They, um, look, honestly, I don't know who they are, but that's what they were thinking. And I don't have to prove that to anybody, but... Uh, anyway, here we are. What, um, what a day! What an occasion! I have been looking forward to this for, well, let's just say months. Um, here we are, uh, middle of February, mid to late February, and the Dan Time Podcast. Let me go ahead and just—I'm all over the place today. I'm your host, Dan McArdle. You're listening to the Dan Time Podcast. Uh, for those of you who have been listening for a while or you jumped on a few weeks ago and you're like, I kind of like where this thing is going. And uh, today you might be thinking, what is this? Uh, he's all over the place. He's, uh, uh, this is a mess. Well, this is what we do when, um, no, this is what I do when I bring back somebody like today's guest, Jim Powell. Before I get any further, everyone knows you've pulled up the show notes or you you see it you're driving and you see who the guest is yes jim powell the one and only jimmy he is back today uh after a near five month absence <laughs> sounds like a long time but let's remember he he helped me launch this podcast this project jim not a dan but a jim and there's a story behind that go back and listen to that episode if you're not familiar i brought him right back about seven weeks later, or after the seventh episode, for a bonus episode. Don't know why I needed him that quickly. Uh, I, I think I just, you know, uh, I felt some magic. I f- always feel a, a comfort level with this man, this friend of mine. And, um, and but the, then the show's been moving along, and there's been no reason to uh, go back to that well until today. Until today, and we'll get into the reasons why, how, and uh, why it's necessary. But, Jim, first of all, let me just ask you, how about this weather we're having? Let's, how about this weather? Not how you doing, not how's everything Mm -hmm. been the past five months. Let's talk about this freaking weather. I mean, I'll get right to the weather, but first of all, I don't know if you can hear blushing through the phone, but I always just the, these glowing intros that I get, it's just such an uplift. It, I, it's always a pleasure to give the, the call, you know, to the bullpen to be your, uh, I wouldn't say closer, but middle relief guy when you, when you need somebody to get you through to those later innings. And so, you know, just happy to be here and the weather is cold. It's great, but. I don't know if you're speaking about today's weather because today is cold, but for the, about the past week it's been unseasonably warm. It's felt like so. The weather has been, you know, Alabama-ish. I would say. What's it like down there in the in uh, the Panhandle? It's cold. It's misty. It's rainy. Uh, but I was going to say, no matter no matter where you are, the weather is always an important piece of uh, uh, ups. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is a piece. It, is. it is very important <laughs> weather is important if we didn't have weather we might live on mars or something like that and that would be very 
um, inconvenient for everybody. Well, I'll just know, say this, Jim. I mean, atmosphere, I don't think there's atmosphere there, so we'd be in trouble. The well, weather is important. You know, whether you like it or not. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The reason I brought that up, and it's a very important question, how about this weather we're having um, mm-hmm. in that sequence? And uh, Because we're men of a certain age, and that's how we open discussions. We run into someone... We go to a an event or a work gathering or lunch, and you bump into someone. You're 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 putting your your plate together from the little uh, nukes line or whatever the hot plate. It, you know you've been to those things, right? You work for companies yeah. or oh, yeah. belong to yeah. club. And hey, how you doing? How you doing, Jim? Wow, how, how about this? Yeah. Um, how about this weather we're having? First of all, we don't have weather. How about this weather we're experiencing? Uh huh. I'd like to move things Absolutely. along very quickly here because that that just did not land the way I wanted it to. But uh, Jim, good effort though. I enjoyed it. I just want to say thanks for being here. Thanks for answering the call. Like you said, you're like that guy, the middle reliever, been sitting in the bullpen. You've been traveling with the team for a few weeks now and you haven't pitched in nine days, let's just say proportionally to when you've appeared last mm-hmm. in this podcast. And then, uh, and then, uh, skip calls for you. What was it like when you got the call earlier this week? Oh, just jubilation. You know, when that, fo- when, when the phone rings, first of all, you, you and your brother and, and one other friend of ours, uh, Grant are about the only people who actually still use the telephone feature on their cell phones. So anytime the phone rings, I just get giddy. And, and you probably don't hear my voice because I try so hard to stifle it. But, you know, I just love, I'm one of the, I love to hear myself talk. So, but, but really, I just love talking to you. So I was excited and uh, always happy to do it. And I just love, um, you know, listening to your podcast, Dan Tom. Speaking of your brother, Travis, it's good to know that I've been on here, you know, multiple times and he still hasn't made it on. So, you know, if I could ever get on with him, that would be the Holy Grail. If he'll come on, I'll come on with him since he's so scared to do it by himself. Well, um, I think that's that's your that's your that's the shining star that you should keep shooting for. You know. Well, I do have an update on that end. So and I haven't mentioned it. There's been no reason to uh, the past several weeks, but Travis and I have. We've been in talks. Um, I think I've mm-hmm. gotten him to, I mean, he was way off. Uh, he was, that wall was up. Uh, there was no breaking through. He said, thanks, I appreciate it. You know, I, I enjoy listening to the episode with Robert, the Halloween special. Uh, oh, great just, episode, yeah. Yeah, he just didn't feel a need to do it. But uh, we've come a long way uh, in our discussion. So I don't know when he's going to appear, but it is now... At one time, it was doubtful, then questionable. Oh, where it's questionable. I, I would move it to now probable. Probable. That uh, <laughs> my younger brother, Travis, will make an appearance. Well, that's, the, I'm looking forward to that. And until then, you know, I'm always here for you. So you can just call me anytime. But, you know, the, the purpose of this podcast, this is not a, a screw-around venture. This is not me just... Hey, let's uh, bring on all my my old buddies, my brothers, my uncle, um, and and let's just shoot the breeze with no outline or anything. That is not what I'm trying to do here. 
But today, we really have no structure to this episode. And I got to say, it's kind of a, a welcome relief. I've gone a few weeks here. I, I'm, I'm very happy with the guests that I put forward. I think they've enjoyed being on the show. I hope so. And But every once in a while, and I've had a lot of changes here in the past couple weeks. I'm not going to talk about what I've had going on, but this kind of makes sense right now, and luckily you were willing to do it. Let me just say, Jim, I was listening. I don't know if you ever listened to Fly on the Wall, the podcast with David Spade and Dana Carvey. Oh, I have never. Um, I've never listened to it, but I have the um, the retrospective on Phil Hartman recorded, but I just haven't listened to it. Check that one out. They, I think, Danny DeVito is either the current episode or one or two back. Uh, obviously, Danny DeVito is someone that I would love to have on this show. DeVito, it's a big Dan right there. That's a Dan to get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, they were talking about he's appeared six times on SNL. There's the famous five-time club. Mm-hmm. But DeVito, I didn't realize that, has, um, has hosted the show six times. So you're, you know, similarly, it's a prestigious... <laughs> um, absolutely. He can't even say it without shot. It is prestigious, man. This is I, your... I'm prestiged. I'm prestiged is this... what I, I'm... Like I said, honored and prestige to to be the first three timer on Dan Tom, on the Dan Tom podcast. Now, and my name's Jim, so but I, that's okay. Three letters, one syllable. I mean, works. Uh, now, Jim, there is a caveat. So this will uh, be this will be an official episode. Um, when I brought you back the second time, I thought this cannot be episode number eight. He was just here. He just helped. He was the first one. Let's just make this fun. I think we got together to uh, send some good mojo to the Cubs. They were making a playoff mm-hmm. run at the time. This was September, end of September, 2023. So I built it as a bonus episode. So, you know, let's let's be honest here. It's it's kind of like appearance number 2.5. I, I really don't know. What, what's your second official appearance? And let's just say you drew a walk. Um your so second time you're gonna pull a full you're gonna pull officially because it was a bonus it doesn't count it doesn't count well it's a bonus so you well, know let's just the the first the bonus episode was no official at bat uh you were there you reached base but it wasn't a clean hit okay well you have your record book i have not i'm good this is my third appearance <laughs> and i'm sticking to it <laughs> no doubt. I might put that out there as a, you know, you can do surveys on X and just mm-hmm. sit back and wait for the crickets because <laughs> I think I put it, the last time I put a survey out there, uh, I voted. you voted, a couple other people pretty close to the vest voted, and then I think I might be throwing a vote too just to make it look like we had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a grand total of four or five. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we'll put a question out there. Is this Jim's third appearance, or is this really his his second well, I'll, official? I'll be stuffing that ballot box. I'll be getting everybody I know to vote. Yeah, yeah, in the yay category. Jim, I, I have a lot of stuff I want to get to today with you. First of all, it is an election year. 
And I know what people are thinking. Oh, my gosh, he's gone this long. Now we're going to hear the Trump stuff, the Biden stuff. No, you're not. No, you're not. It uh-huh. is. It's an election year. And it just got me thinking. I got a couple questions here, Jim. Well, first of all, I was thinking this week about some of my favorite fictional politicians in movies. And I just scratched out a few. You might uh, remember one that's not on this list. My favorite of all time, and feel free to laugh at my expense here. I got to go. I got to go with Al Donnelly from Black Sheep running for governor. Uh, But I also scratched out President James Marshall, Air Force One. That might be the tops of most people's list. Harrison Ford. Uh, Tom Tom Kirkman, Kiefer Sutherland's Mm -hmm. Tom Kirkman from Designated Survivor, Jed Bartlett. Oh, who could forget that one? Let me comment on these. Kiefer Sutherland? Who? And what? Well, now this wasn't a uh, feature film, but this is, it's on Netflix. I think it started on network TV, Designated Survivor. I used to watch this show with, with Natalie. And Kiefer Sutherland was the president? Jim, we've messaged about this, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> You've never heard of Designated Survivor? Yes, I've heard of Designated Survivor. I think you're the only person in America who watched it. I just like giving you grief about it. That, your list was on fire until that. All right, so, so Al, Al Donnelly's... Donnelly's the governor. I don't have another governor on the list, but do you have a favorite movie portrayal of a president, a governor, maybe a mayor? Ooh. Remember the movie Dave with Kevin Klein where he's a body double? Was he the body double for the president? Or was uh-huh. he the president? That was a good one. Um, little known, uh, there was, he was a body double, Dustin Hoffman, I think, in a movie called Moon Over Parador for a uh, small Latin American country who had a dictator who they needed a stand-in for. And they found out this schlub from America, who played by Dustin Hoffman, was a dead ringer for him. So that's my designated survivor pick that obviously nobody has ever heard of or remembers. Man, uh, Air Force One, Harrison, I don't remember his name in the movie, but you just said it. That's a great one. Oh, best ever, Bill Paxton, Independence Day. There you go. Or no, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, Independence Day. Mm -hmm. Number one right there. I think what what does it for me with Al Donnelly is, well, Chris Farley, Farley's character in that movie. But has there, it's his best movie, I think. Yeah. Have you seen a movie that represents a campaign or a, a, a candidate's top surrogate, and, and the way that Farley behaves and and the the links he goes to and kind of flops and fumbles, doing it, trying to get his brother elected. It's the best. <laughs> no, it is the best. <laughs> now I ask this question, and this is, I'm going to roll this into a a serious question for you, Jim. Oh gosh, have you ever, in previous years, this year, or looking ahead to 26, 28, have you ever been mulling? A run for office. Oh man, that that is a good question. I actually, 
I do kind of get into a little bit of locally local politics and local causes way more than anything national just because I don't feel like there's a whole lot that can change. Obviously there is impressive people that go about doing that. But yeah, I think I, I would enjoy running for something hyper local, you know, maybe just for my city or if anything, the county would be the largest probably, but something in the city would actually be pretty neat. If you could affect change somehow, which is, seems to be easier to do on the local level. Well, I wasn't expecting that answer. Well, I thought you might, I thought you might answer in the affirmative, but wow, Jim, I am sorry to say you can dash those aspirations uh, by way of your appearance on this podcast and the reputation. <laughs> is this going to negate it? Gosh, I feel so bad that <laughs> I walked you into this, and uh, those questions are going to come up, and the flyers that you get in the mail, uh, there's going to be the black and white picture of Jim. And Do, do you know what he's been what? What he mm-hmm. has been doing, um, and the and the people he's been talking to, and these podcasts he's been appearing on, and uh, all this stuff he's been, you know, having discussions about the accelerator hair dry, uh, hand dryer. Um, what else did we talk about last time? Yeah. Do you want a man representing you who doesn't use paper towels or only <laughs> uses paper towels? Well, Jim, he doesn't wash his hands when he leaves the bathroom. Now, that's not true. <laughs> but, yes, that's absolutely how they could spin that. And they'd have a big, you know, Ghostbuster symbol over me coming out of the bathroom, looking shocked at, directly into the camera and, you know, dripping wet hands. And then right next to it will be a Dan Time podcast symbol with a big red Ghostbuster sign over it, too. So thanks for ruining it, Dan. I appreciate it. We'll just have to, you know, wipe this from the from the – from the internet, which is easy to do, right? Everybody will tell you that. Once it's on the internet, easy to get rid of. <laughs> I think that maybe the good thing is with a podcast like this one, it's still relatively obscure, and to get uh, into the meat of things and to catch someone, you'd really have to listen for a while because this is uh, a long form conversation. Some of my, some of the episodes have gone an hour twenty minutes, hour thirty minutes maybe a little too long sometimes, but yeah, people would have to stick around um, and, and put the time in to, hear, to catch you saying something. But no, in all honesty, Jim, I asked that question because I've always thought that if the time was right and, and you were prepared to do something like this, you've got, you've got my full backing. Well, thank you. Would you be my campaign manager? Would you, you know, drop everything and come up to you know Birmingham to help me run for city council. I would I, I would be honored to do it, but I think that I might end up behaving like Mike Donnelly and <laughs> doing more harm than good if you put me on stage at a microphone. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, how about the fact that our, how about the fact that like Tommy Boy and Black Sheep are basically the same movie just with very minor tweaks? Yeah, I really wish Anyways. you know talking about Chris Farley. Um, I've read that after Tommy Boy, and I don't want to get you know too serious here, but he really enjoyed that experience. Um, some of those movie sets, and you know, you, ma- you imagine if you're going day after day, week after week around these same people. It's fun. You're doing what you love to do. It's maybe keeping you in check. You know, you can't uh, do a lot of extra 
curricular stuff at that time because you got to be you got to be good for your performance. Um, and I think he talked about being getting kind of down after those periods, after maybe Black Sheep and Tommy Boy. And um, I could see that. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say I know we're in agreement here. I miss Chris Farley every year. I, I don't. I couldn't mm-hmm. say every single day, every week, every month. But it's not too many months go by where I don't think, wow, Chris Farley was a special talent. There's never been anybody like him since, and I still miss seeing him in movies. What about semi-annually? So twice a year? Yeah, at least. Okay, so say that again. I miss Chris Farley semi-annually. Sem- yeah, semi-annual. <laughs> Longing for Farley. <laughs> yeah, I love speak- him too. I miss him. Apparently this week would have been his 60th birthday one day this week. Just saw that earlier this week wow but yeah r.i.p chris farley man he was great jim let's let's just move clear across the field here if i were to come to your house and just start rummaging through let's i start opening the junk drawer in your kitchen and i've got some food that i brought with me and i'm just you know i need a teriyaki packet i need some chick-fil-a sauce <laughs> i need uh some arby sauce what am I going to find? Am I going to find an unopened fortune cookie? What types of little packets and condiments might I find? Oh, my goodness. Uh, we, uh, at Chick-fil-A, we love their Polynesian. So there's always a few Polynesians. There's a couple Chick-fil-A barbecues in there. Um, I'm not a fan, nor is my wife, of the uh, Chick-fil-A sauce, which is kind of like a this daggum yum yum that they give you at all the Japanese steakhouses now. That's like a mayonnaise for different things. Then I'm not a huge fan of those. Mm. Um, By the way, did you, you know? And you just say daggum like Mater. I did. I was, you know, I know this is a family. I'm thinking about my future career in politics. So kind <laughs> of watch my language. That's right. Um, <laughs> daggum. <laughs> that's right. I dad watched gum. the well the Cars movies and the and the shorts. Anybody listening mm-hmm. that's got kids. It, Go to and you if you got the Disney Plus, pull up Cars and all the shorts with McQueen and Mater. They are they're hilarious. Oh, I can watch them over and over. Go ahead. Well, you probably don't have a choice but to watch them over and over for right. young kids. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back uh, to the condiments. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, sorry. No, excuse me. Um, so yeah, the those are definitely in there. You know, for some reason, like. Does Natalie just bring home like ketchup packets, even though you always have like you know the industrial size bottle of ketchup in your refrigerator? Natalie, I'm like Kelly. We will never need these ketchups that are you know that eventually turn so bad that they burst on their own, you know, and then they they get all over the stuff in the junk drawer, like that single AAA battery or you know a lighter that you haven't used in 15 years. So, well, you know what th- those ketchup packets are for. You're supposed to have anywhere from 17 to 38 packets at any given time in your drunk drawer because you just never know when you'll have a power outage or something and you've got a sandwich that you're trying to make. And But then again, what are you putting ketchup you on? You put ketchup on the sandwich. Well, yeah, are you going to be making a meatloaf for 50 people when your power goes out? And so you've got to put packets of ketchup on top of meatloaf with a... 
with the lights out, and then how are you going to cook the meatloaf? Hopefully, you got a gas oven. You know, so <laughs> then you'll be happy you have the seventeen to thirty-eight ketchup packet to yep. top your because that's literally the only reason you would need those. That's it. Are you talking about? And we've never even made meatloaf. And you're talking about methodically tearing the the little corners off of each mm-hmm. individual packet, <laughs> which never happens. Never happens. The whole dadgum side of the ketchup packet rips off. It never just comes off nice and neat. Let me ask you so this. Then you try to squeeze it out, and it gets on your hands. And yeah, go ahead. When you get ready to open a packet, whatever sauce it is, do you take it mm-hmm. by you know with your your thumb and your finger? Do you take it at the edge and just start flapping it around before you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got to work all that ketchup to the opposite end of the. <laughs> you know, no, I don't. Do, I, I'm not a flapper. Mm. I just I just hold one I hold the top kind of in the center with one hand and then use you know my pointer finger and thumb on the other hand and just gently slide them down the ketchup so I'm pre-opening I'm going to slide all the ketchup to the bottom of the packet and that seems to be a much more um, practical way to get that ketchup down without just whapping it around because you know if you can lose you can already have grease from the burger on your hands and sling that packet you know, put somebody's eye out and you're getting sued and your family's out on the street because you don't have a house to live in, you know, because you're whapping your ketchup packet. <laughs> Things you got to think about. <laughs> uh, speaking of, let's just keep this on um, food, dining, that category. What does it sound like when you're out to eat with the family or just you and Kelly? And I know you're nice to the servers. We used to work in the industry, but your food comes out and it's, Man, it's just way off the mark. It's either the wrong entree or it's got the stuff on it that you asked uh, not to be on there. What does it sound like when you're talking to that that server and say, hey, hey excuse me, hey, Steve, or mm-hmm. whoever it is? Well, yeah, I mean, that first time, you know, I'll say, Steve, hey, you know, this, it has to be something pretty dang drastic. Like, I'm trying to think about the last time I sent something back. Do you do you take the both hands and and point, uh, kind of with your your palms up and point at the plate and and say, what is this? This isn't what I ordered. Yeah, just okay. You so do you give that pause there because otherwise they'll be like, uh, it's chicken fingers and french fries. What the heck do you think? Of this? Uh, Does this? What is look this? Like... The, and then you know before any of that, I'm sitting there trying to serve, especially my wife. Every time, oh, hurry up with the order. Take forever, <laughs> you know? So, no, I mean, I've sent stuff. The main thing I've sent stuff back for is literally, like, these people that accidentally bring you the totally wrong dish, you know? Yeah. I don't usually. And one time, oh, man, we went, you know, there's, I don't know how it is down there, but up here I think there's more Mexican restaurants per capita than, than anywhere else in the world. We went to this one, and. I don't want to call them out because they may, may be one of your sponsors one day. But it was just the worst Mexican food. And I could eat Mexican up here every day of the week because there's so much variety. And they're all usually good. You know, it's hard to find a bad Mexican restaurant. But this one I went to, they literally, the beans were ice cold. And they, you know, I asked for corn tortillas with these tacos. They brought me flour tortillas. 
another big pet peeve of mine. God, this has got to be riveting. Who's driving in the car right now? I'm just going, yeah, uh-huh, and, 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 <laughs> you know. But uh, speaking of Mexican, I'm real particular with my fajitas. I like my vegetables burnt almost. I do not want my fajita vegetables to come out like they've just been chopped and, you know, lightly placed on the skillet. And, you know, I want them to have sat there for a while and get char on them. So I have sent back fajita vegetables and Kelly's rolled her eyes at me for doing that, but they're expensive, man. You know, so they are, I like it the way I like it. Well, I like what you say. Are you about... a char guy or are you a, are you a char guy on your vegetables when you get fajitas? Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, I don't order fajitas very often, but I know what you're no. saying about you can always tell if you're at a a good Mexican restaurant um, mm-hmm. that's authentic. They know what they're doing. All you got to do is take a bite of the beans or a bite of the rice, and that'll tell you mm-hmm. everything you need to know. When your food comes out, get get a fork or spoonful of that first. Let's just say you're ordering a burrito or a uh, chimichanga or whatever. That's the test for me. Absolutely. That's, if, if you folks listen and take anything away from this episode, it's that. Listen to Dan right there. Try the beans and rice to know if you're in the right Mexican place. Now, Jeb, you're a, or have been a traveling man. You like to be on the road, or I think so. When you're out there, whether it's for work or you got the family, you're going somewhere, do you ever just spend half an hour where you say, that's it, I'm done with the music, I'm done with the podcast, I'm just going to listen to the sound of the highway outside of the window here. I'm just going to sit and think and... Or do you do you always have something kind of playing and going? I usually do. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be a psychopath to want to do that. No, so I've never. I, no, I don't. I mean, I could probably do that for twelve seconds. Before <laughs> I had to put something I feel on. Like, unfortunately, I wish I could. I wish I could do that, Jim. I feel like, and I'm guilty of this, but I feel like that we think we're we're wasting time, or we're not using all this available time if if we're not plugged in listening to something reading something scrolling at something like just the it's a little easier to do when you're driving to just say okay I'm going to take about 5 minutes here and just drive but but especially if you're just sitting somewhere in public uh it just kind of feels like well I got about 5 minutes before my table's ready or I got I'm here by my dentist office I got a few minutes before they call me I I better like check all the scores, uh, scan through my emails, scan through my social media. Um, do you feel like we're mostly at that place now? Yes. You know, my 83-year-old father, who is hard of hearing, but that doesn't mean his brain doesn't work. He goes for these, he calls them his jaunts because, you know, he traveled as a bivocational part-time pastor. He would just, on Sundays for 50 years drive to a church that usually was a, a long way away from where we live. So since he's retired and now on Sundays, he goes, gets in his car by himself because he's a widower and just drives from his apartment, you know, in Lubbock and just heads outside of Lubbock, Texas and kind of just drives in a big circle, just wherever the wind takes him. And he doesn't listen to anything. He drove all the way from here to Lubbock in a rental vehicle without anything, you know, I was like, Dad, you want to take a CD player? We could put a CD in there. Nope. So I, I have no idea 
it's just a totally different generation and I do find it kind of sad that I can't and you know it's even harder for folks younger than us to you know just sit with their thoughts or sit in silence I mean it's it's really hard for me so I can't imagine what it's going to be like for our kids and I'm, I'm envious of him that he's able to do that hopefully one day get back to something like that that is a long it could be that just when you turn 83 you don't give a crap anymore you don't you know <laughs> But that is a ways to go. What Birmingham to Lubbock is how many hours? Like uh, about fifteen. Fifteen yeah, hours. So just driving with. Yep. No talk radio. Mm-hmm. No music. Does he like to stop and, you know, eat at a diner or? What, what is he? He probably doing? stopped one time and got like a bag of peanuts. He eats like a bird. That's the. I'm sure you're aware. That's the key to long life is just not to eat anything because the fatter you are, the sooner you die. So do you remember the ice storm we had up here about 10 years ago? I think you were already down in Pensacola, but yes. Yeah. We had our, our version of it and it was pretty bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as Birmingham and Atlanta. Nashville. Yeah. So him and my mom, him and my mom had just moved here to Birmingham and he was out, he was down highway 280. There are condos right off highway 31 um, and Interstate 65 right there in Vestavia, the Vestavia Hoover line. So when the ice started, he was, you know, about 10 minutes away in normal traffic. He didn't get home for 14 hours and mm. <laughs> ate uh, candies that were in his glove box, didn't sleep, would move a little bit, but then would get stopped or another truck. But he didn't just park on the side of the road or try to walk. He kept moving the whole time, but it took him 14 hours. He said it took him as long as it did to get to Lubbock to get to his condo here. <clears throat> so he didn't eat anything, and he um, used the the bag that his candies were in to pee into. He's <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, he's a survivor, man. And that's when he was, you know, 70, 74. So it's just a different generation. That's true. Truer words. Now, didn't you say your dad's a big Dallas Cowboys fan? He is. Poor will, dad. Will he engage in the text messages with with you on uh, the games or after the games? A little. I don't bring it up. I bring it up when they win, but he's even more, uh, how do you say it? He's not a super fan. He loves them. He loves reading about them, but he gets really upset when they lose. Uh, so I don't ever talk about that with him. Mm. Um, he was here visiting recently. I think it was the first Cowboys game I'd watched with him in person where they lost and God knows how long. And he was the former preacher, like I said, kind of, you know, cussing up a storm, yelling at the top of his lung, not top of his lung, but just obviously upset with the performance of the Cowboys. But, you know, he's latched on. Again, I know people in their cars are just, this is gripping, but he uh, became a Chiefs fan when they, drafted Mahomes because Mahomes went to Texas Tech. And you know where Texas Tech is? Love it. That's right. So because he's a Red Raider, my dad liked him. So that's given him some some comfort with the total ineptitude of the Cowboys these past few years. I'm just, I always find myself amazed at your father and the stories that you share. And I think when you said that he takes these drives, uh, at one time, maybe this, uh, this was a few years ago, you you said that he emails you and your siblings. How does he describe it? He shares the itinerary or the 
Yeah, it's just, yeah, his random thoughts. And I save every one he sends now just so I can share them with my kid, my daughter. And It's like, uh, what, hopefully, maybe. Yeah. De- dear children, here's where I uh, commuted today. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and I, and I'm, I mean, I'm like really uh, impressed with the way that he goes about some of these excursions. That man, would you like to hear one? Absolutely. I'll give you a little breakdown. So he says, "Hello, my drive this PM was a bit unusual in that I made a mistaken assumption and ended up about five miles into New Mexico. That highway that runs the Texas-New Mexico border, number seven sixty-nine, I think." dead end south of number 114, which I had taken from Lubbock. I had forgotten that number 595 takes over at number 125. At any rate, I got turned around and went north on 595 over some actual dirt road to where it dead ends at 54. Since that was what I'd been looking for, I turned back east at that point. I might say that west of Morton, people are really even scarcer than that west Texas in general. There weren't many habitations or buildings of any kind. I stayed on 54 until I turned north on 37, somewhere around Enos. I then stayed on 37 through Amherst, Fielton, and good old Cotton Center, all the way to 127, I-27, just south of Hale Center. There I turned south on 127 for Lubbock. He also likes to tell us about the wildlife that he saw. It was a bad day for wildlife. I didn't see any alive, but I did see two dead coyotes, one dead skunk, and a dead jackrabbit. It was sort of sad. So... That's pretty much the gist of these emails that he sent. Oh, goodness. Jim, you have quite... People tuning in today, I'm, so, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I laugh, we laugh, but you, you've got quite a treasure of an old man. He is from a, a different era. Um, yeah. He doesn't, in no way is he self-conscious about his ways, um, mm-hmm. Nor should he be. I, I just, Mm-mm. I love that. They, I do too. He can, I hope to be that age one day. Be at that point in his life, and just break it down to this is what. I mean, all the directional information and the highways. Um, <laughs> it's just real matter of fact. I like yeah. that. There is so much drama and nonsense in our days and the mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. you overhear from people that are shouting at each other and yelling at each other and picking at each other and it's just so much of that garbage out there um, that we either deal with directly or indirectly and God bless your old man. Amen. He's a treasure and just a very unique dude. But I think I don't make him like that anymore. No, no. Um, Jim, are you a, um, I don't know if we'll spend a lot of time on this question. I don't even know why I advanced it here, Uh but do you clear the lint screen every time on the dryer or every other time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mainly because wasn't it your apartment building where a dryer caught on fire because somebody didn't, they didn't clean, people weren't cleaning the lint? Yeah, I mean that's it's it's a good habit uh to maintain, but you really ought to get your your ducks cleaned at least I think it should be once a year. Now we're I'm way behind. I'm not saying this like uh, I'm on top of it, but it's a good practice if you if you know a, a reliable 
contractor in your area that does duct and vent cleaning. Mm -hmm. It's it's money well spent. It is. Great. Are you planning for a, a future sponsor right there? You're going to drop in a, so call, you know, Johnson and Johnson. Vent cleaning service for all your vent cleaning needs. No, but I do want to, yes. I do want to shout out, this was a, a week four or five guest that I, I feel like some of those early, early guests are just um, maybe forgotten, maybe not. But Dan Dietzen, this guy was uh, and, and is a, a very interesting fellow, someone I'm glad to, to call a contact. We're not close friends, but you know, his company does leak detection, and Ooh, particularly yeah, for, very... for high-rise buildings. So if you miss that episode, I, have, I really haven't had another episode like that, but I've always welcomed anyone that's running a business, has a product, has an invention. What was that commercial with the guy, with the um, the caveman and the, the wheel? And it said, hey, if you've got an idea or an invention, call 1-800. Oh, yeah. They always come on yeah. late at night. Yeah, or well, in the middle of the day when you're sitting at Firestone. That's like a Jerry Springer commercial. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Enco Electronics. I haven't, like I said, I kind of moved on from that to uh, really a lot of musicians. Um, I enjoy those episodes. I hope people listening do as well. But uh, yeah, Jim, how about also speaking about dryers? Um, if Kelly or Let's you talk more about dryers, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you use a nice <laughs> fabric softener, are you ever, uh huh, you know, doing some laundry in the house and then you're also doing some yard work at the same time and so you're out there around the dryer vent and you just get that nice gain or or mm. uh, or tied fragrance it's like, kind of like coming at you as you're cutting the grass or getting ready to yeah do you yeah, like that absolutely yeah i love it i don't know you know if i get the hanker in i'll cut the mower off take my headphones off and you know luckily it's, you got to be in the right position, but most dryer vents are, I think they, to be up to code, they have to be about a foot and a half off the ground, which is just enough height to get your head under there, you know, and I'll just lay there with the dryer vent blowing on my face and maybe get a little bit of lint here and there, but it's, <laughs> it's a really soothing, uh, soothing retreat for me from the day to day and, you know, mowing a lawn. Nobody wants to do that. So. And do you have like the, uh, the the three louvers warm that, air wash over me huh do you have those three little louvers that flap as the dryer is blowing out that air <laughs> to keep the bugs out no i just have the old school i guess there's one giant round flap you know in there it's always hard for me to see when i'm under there and usually i have my eyes closed anyway just because it's more relaxing but yeah that's a good question no i don't have the three the three flaps. That seems to be a beach thing. I see those a lot at beach comments. That seems to be the way to go. Maybe it's a sand issue or something. Jim, let's move it along here. How about what's your favorite thing to do when it's Tuesday night, the Super Bowl's over, baseball hasn't started, you're just sitting there. What do you want to watch? Oh, gosh. Well, I guess there, well, there's NBA. I'm I'm forgetting a lot of stuff. I I don't watch a lot. No, of TV you're right not. Now. I, I yeah, you don't. Well, you got three kids under five, right? Or right at under five, so Six you don't under. have a lot of time. 
And you know what? I, it's just, I think we might have talked about this before. There's such a glut of things that I would like to watch. It's almost like I get overwhelmed. And so I just go to YouTube and watch some of my favorite, you know, YouTube channels. Or if I find a show that I really like and latch onto, I'll do that. But I'm not, I'm not an NBA guy. Uh, I miss the, the NBA of the 80s and the 90s, which is, to me, was this golden era. Um, I miss team basketball, but I do love college basketball. So uh, if there's a college basketball game on that I'd like to watch on a Tuesday, I'll watch that. Auburn usually plays on Wednesday evening, so that takes up my Wednesdays. But, man, if it's a Tuesday, that's tough. It, it is a little bit of a struggle because during football season, you got Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday covered. So, yeah, that, that's hard, man. But I love documentaries, too, so I'll, I'll – scour all the streaming services for a documentary I might not have seen yet. Gemma, you, occasional TV show. You mentioned, uh, well, I just want to ask you, going back, because we're old enough, the original Dream Team, 1992 mm-hmm. Dream Team. Who is your favorite player from that cast? At the time or now, now that I look mm. back at it? Yeah, let's say then and now. And, and he, well, you can say Christian Leitner. That's he is. He can well, he'd be my be one. Play. He'd be my one. Yeah, he'd be my one A. Um, but I would say, you know, at the time, I uh, kind of wanted to butt the trend of being a bandwagoner or a front runner. So I love Jordan. I thought he was awesome. But because everybody else liked Jordan, I kind of dug uh, Clyde Drexler from the uh, Trailblazers. Oh, yeah. Clyde the Glide. Who I think would have been Jordan. You know, he had a lot of the same skills that Jordan had and brought that, you know, above the rim and crazy athletic dunks and especially like, you know, driving under the basket and shooting, like, you know, throwing layups up with your left hand. He was very much a Jordan-esque player, but he's a phenomenal player. He's on the dream team, but he just, you know, people don't ever talk about him or remember him, but he was absolutely my favorite because I love the Trailblazers uniforms and, his name was Clyde the Glide. I mean, it was awesome. So he was my favorite back then. But as the time as time has gone by, I just love Charles Barkley. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's probably my favorite player of all time. But a lot of that's his post NBA career. I just love seeing him on inside the NBA and everything he does, and you know everything else besides his playing career, which is great too. I know yours was Patrick Ewing, right? Was Patrick Ewing on the dream team? Absolutely. Yeah, that. You know, uh, I still talk every once in a while about those old Knicks, Bulls, Eastern Conference Finals memories. Oh, and, the best. You know, they got – the Knicks were so close. Mm-hmm. Had their chance. But, yeah, Ewing's yep. my all-time favorite. Charles Barkley, if you live in Birmingham long enough and maybe for a period of time you were out late at night sometimes or worked in restaurants – some of us ran into him. So I I got to see him a long, yeah, yeah. long time ago. I was working at TGI Fridays. I didn't get to talk to him, but he had a, a large party in the restaurant. And then I did get to meet him one night at a bar late at night, and he just popped in. I mean, there was a, there was a band playing, and I won't say where it was, but I got to just shake hands with him. It was no autograph, no picture. And one thing I asked him, because I think – at that time, Patrick Ewing was still angling for an NBA head coaching job, and he had just yeah. been passed over. I forget which opening it was, and so I asked Charles about that. I said, "What do you think about um, Ewing? You think he'll, you think he should have gotten 
that particular job, I really don't even remember exactly how I phrased it. But uh, I think he appreciated that I brought up his friend Patrick. And But Ewing, you know, if you look at his high school career, his college career, the cha- and he won championships at that level and did just about all he could do for the Knicks. You know, John Starks was fantastic. They were a great combination. And, of course, Oakley and mm-hmm. remember Charles Smith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anthony Mason. I mean, they had some good teams, but the Bulls were just unstoppable. Yeah. And that combination of Jordan and Pippen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes me think of, like, NBA Jam. Did you ever play that? Love that game. Yep. With the top two players from every team. And they, they couldn't include Pippen. It had to be Jordan and uh, B.J. Armstrong because Pippen – or maybe it was Pippen and B.J. Armstrong. But they couldn't have Pippen and Jordan because it just wouldn't be fair to all the 31 yeah. other teams, <laughs> even though one of them had Stockton and Malone. And, uh, I always you know, uh, I always liked whoever the big man was on most teams. Or if if I didn't like him, like on the the Bulls there for a few years, Bill Cartwright. Oh, yeah. Not the most dominating force, but uh, he was a pretty good player. He was. He did what needed to be done. Bill Cartwright, Luke Longley, Purdue, Bill Winnington. Don't forget Big Bill Winnington, the other Bill from the Bulls. Right. But yeah, it's just. I mean, I could. We could sit here and name nineteen late eighties, nineties <laughs> basketball players, and I could probably name you five guys that play in the NBA now. I, and I definitely couldn't tell you what team most of them play on. Where it's same with baseball, man. I mean, I guess everything's romanticized when you're that age just like music and and sports but man i feel like the nfl is a lot better than it was back then then that might be have something to do with the nfl's overwhelming popularity yeah i think the nfl i mean because remember in the 90s and even up until about 2001 02 you're not watching this product on flat screen tvs it was just a totally different viewing experience back then and same yeah. with baseball. People love watching baseball on TV now. Who who would never watch it? Who always – I remember when I used to love, you know, I watched the Cubs. You and I did would watch them through the 90s. It's hard to remember what that experience exactly – you know, if you were to sit in front of a, an old tube again. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't that bad for me, but I knew what they were talking about when they said baseball's boring to watch on TV. I'd rather just be there. And some people still maintain that. It's pretty exciting to watch it now if you're watching a high-stakes game, a playoff game. Gosh, Speaking. if there's one sport that I have to see in person, it's baseball. I, I, it, I'll watch the Cubs on TV, but that's about the only Major League Baseball I watch until the playoffs in the World Series, and even then I don't really watch much. But baseball is just such a better in-person game. I think that's part of why its popularity nationwide has declined is because now that we are all in front of screens, exactly like you're saying, the NFL is a better TV product, whereas Major League Baseball is a better in-person product. So, But everybody wants to be in front of their screens, you know? Nobody wants to interact (laughs) with the weather. How's that for coming full circle? And, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) prices and stuff like that. So, I mean, baseball can still be exciting, but I think it's very much a uh, spectator sport and that you need to be sitting in the stands for it to be enjoyed, for me personally. Jim, let's talk a minute here about the Gimme 10 podcast. 
Folks, again, that's G-I-M-M-I-E, the number 10 podcast. I love the reboot. I mean, of course I do because uh, we're such great friends. But mm-hmm. how is this, uh, how are you enjoying it? it? It was like a couple years or 18 months or so that you guys put this on the shelf. Well, we I we enjoyed it both of us for several months, but like any relationship, unfortunately, oh. I'd still love for people to go to listen to the episodes that are there. But we're we're retiring again. The uh, Give Me Ten podcast that just uh, mm. um, you know love JT. We get it has nothing to do with our relationship outside of the pod. It's just you know if you want to grow something, it takes a certain amount of effort and that's not an effort that we're willing to, <laughs> to put into it. We'd much rather just uh, shoot the breeze here and there, but we realized we don't need to record ourselves talking once a week. We can do that without a microphone and not have to schedule it and stuff. So wow. it was really fun while it lasted. I love doing it. I, like I said to you, I love hearing myself talk. So I'll miss having that outlet every week, but Ever and I, my daughter did one. We've done one episode and hope to do more. It's called Talking Stuff. I think we're about the 17th podcast called that. But if I can figure out a way to link it, I'll send it to you if you want to add it to your show notes. But um, yeah, me and my 10 year old daughter have done one podcast. And we hope to do a couple more in the future about probably mostly TV, movies, stuff like that, where that we're both interested in because we're watching. Um, Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events on Netflix right now, so we'll probably do a recap of that uh, down the road. But yeah, as for Give Me Ten, we're done again. Never say never on another episode, but yeah, you need to have JT on. He's a phenomenal guy, way more interesting than I am, and especially way more knowledgeable about music. You guys, I would love to hear you guys shoot the breeze about music for a while. Well, oh gosh, I, I got to say I am sad that uh, it has come to. Uh, a conclusion, probably a final conclusion here, but maybe, maybe it just makes sense. But you, you always have the body of work, and mm-hmm. again, I'm always happy to. This maybe the last plug I put in for it because it, people they'll hear they'll hear me talking about Gimme Ten on previous episodes. So uh, go in and check it out. Yes. The I always appreciate, and I'm trying to get there. Maybe that's something I'm trying to do on this episode. You guys just let it fly. Not a lot of attention to the the sound quality, uh, especially the, <laughs> yeah. the early episodes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of snap, crackling, and popping. Uh, <laughs> well, it sounded like even though we're in the same room, like we're recording from two different ends of the house. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, you know. It, I, I try to make this a, a decent production, and but there are times where I'm thinking, just... Just put it out there. Just publish it. Yeah, absolutely. Say again the name of the podcast, though, that you and Ever have. Oh, it's just there's one episode, and it's called Talking Stuff. Talking Stuff. T-A-L, talking, but no G, T-A-L-K-I-N, apostrophe or hyphen. What's the one in the air? That's an apostrophe. Well, I'm really happy that there's a father-daughter episode, even if it's just going to be one I think that's really cool that you're you're doing that. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. There, there will be more. They'll just be very sporadic. But anybody that would love for people to go listen to it, she'd be thrilled to see that somebody listened to it besides just us. So. Jim, I always like when I see you the different threads that you're wearing, the different uh, shirts that you got. Let me ask you this: Is 
the Mickey Mouse shirt, the Superman shirt, shirt Cleveland Browns. There's one. Are, are some of those still in rotation? Uh, the Mickey Mouse is yes. Um, Superman, long gone. That was a great one though. But I way out, I grew that one. I need a new Browns T-shirt. I uh, the one I had that you're talking about, I just wore it. it kind of turned into tissue paper. Mm-hmm. The uh, train wreck shirt that you know Kyle oh, Gass yeah. was a part of from Tenacious D. The black one, I still wear that on occasion. Got an Auburn shirt that I'm sure you've seen before. One that I wore at our at my bachelor party, but I still wear that occasionally. But it's kind of turned into tissue paper. Um, with age, though, you know and aging and belly and the belly that comes with it and you know prolific beer drinking i've noticed that these new like uh everybody has an old navy your finer clothiers around old navy target uh they have these kind of they're like uh sports shirts you know that so they you know a, a cotton t-shirt have you ever not well you don't notice it because you're not overweight but like a cotton t-shirt even if it fits you good in the chest if you got a belly it pokes out so it looks even bigger, like more moo-moo-like because it doesn't then go around your belly and back in towards your waist. You know, they just kind of hang out. Yeah. These new athletic shirts, they kind of go around your belly and then because the way they hang, they then go back in some, you know? Right. So I've noticed that a lot of those OG T-shirts, they just make you look, make me look like I'm wearing a moo-moo. So big fan of your, you know, $13.99, probably 95% polyester shirts and they're breathable because i'm hot all the time do you have the t-shirts that you know that hug the guns that really uh you know when you're out there they really show off the the definition and the guns there oh yeah yeah the first thing when i bring them home is i get kelly to cut out about an inch out of the arms so they're just so tight around my biceps my pythons and then you know the rest of that takes people eyes away from the aforementioned belly <laughs> oh, Dan, I love your questions. I don't know where you come up with this stuff. But, uh, Jim, what's something? we got to wrap this up. We're just over the hour mark, but uh, what's something around the do house? Do we watch your record talk? I think we should just you know, mm. talk about more laundry detergent talk or uh, dryer vent. Well, I'm sitting <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here looking at the uh, the timer, uh, sixty three uh-huh. minutes, and usually when I'm tipping over Ooh. the hour mark, you know that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it usually means that we've had uh, a great discussion with this particular artist about their catalog and uh, where they're going to be performing next, and it's just like, wow, this mm-hmm. has uh, been going pretty well. But I'm looking at the hour mark here, sixty three minutes. I'm thinking we have been talking about ketchup packets and. Dryer vents. Dryer vents. Uh, <laughs> My dad. Your dad. I mean, the the dad, father. Uh, County Road 51 in West Texas. I think that might be my initial favorite segment of this episode. Um, <laughs> Anytime you have me on, I'll read you a new. Every time that can be my segment. I'll read you where my dad's been in West Texas. Let me ask you this. We're on the Gulf Coast here. We deal with the storms. We also deal with the tornadoes and stuff, and that's a real threat in Birmingham, and there's uh, ice storms and stuff. When you've got inclement weather on the way, and it's looking pretty bad, and you and Kelly got to make that that run down to Costco or wherever you shop, are you 
engaging in the panic buying or to some extent are you saying shoot we better get about four loaves here or we need to get uh, two extra cartons of this or do you do a little bit of that or do you just say hey let's just take it yeah, easy well, i mean yeah i make sure we have a couple frozen pizzas uh, maybe a loaf of bread always don't have to worry about ketchup on my turkey sandwiches because i got plenty of packets for that you know some ground beef if we need to make a meatloaf in case the power goes out but no i'm not overly concerned about any of that stuff usually that'll probably come back to bite me one day but i think a good thing to do is just buy things during like during hurricane season down here i just get a little bit extra of certain mm, stuff yeah. um, not to stockpile that's very smart so that when that day comes that week comes you you can focus on other other things yeah, you don't want to, and you especially because this is a podcast, you want to put out there that you buy, you know, 14 bags of, you know, 30 pack toilet paper because people will be looting your house because they'll have heard you talk about it in here. They'll be coming for you for that toilet paper. Uh, speaking again about the weather. I, mean, I love how you just immediately, you don't even want to keep going down that road. You just change the subject, don't you? Well, <laughs> well let me ask, are you... There's not a whole lot to go in. There, there's no more to go on with that. Go ahead, speaking of the weather. All right. Well, I was going to ask, are you a Charmin guy? Do you have, are you a double, uh, Ooh. double ply? What is it? What is it? Double stuffed yeah, Oreo. Double, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does it matter uh, to you? I don't want to use it... Oreos for, I don't want to use Oreos for that. But yeah, I do like, it does matter. I don't want one ply. <laughs> How do you like it when you're, uh, I don't know oh, if you've gosh. been to the airports or um, other public restrooms and, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just that time. Okay. You're in the stall, you're doing what you need to be doing and you're reaching for the toilet paper and it is the worst uh, mm -hmm. paper thin, just budget toilet paper. Uh, maybe airports not a good example, but a business, a restaurant or something you're thinking, mm -hmm. really, really, yeah. this is the best we can do. I can, uh, it, it's tearing off as I'm trying to pull it down the roll, and this you're yeah. putting me through this. Oh, like who makes the toilet paper dispensers that are literally a nano smidgen bigger than the toilet paper roll itself? So when you go to pull a piece, you can't even pull a whole piece because they're in there so tight. Yeah, like ever... who does that? Make the dispenser a little bit larger than the toilet paper roll itself so that it rolls freely. Otherwise, you end up with like 60 little, you know, four-inch, torn-off squares all over the ground. Do you ever have to tear off or, or begin the tear on a, a new roll in a public restroom? Oh. And you grab oh. like uh, multiple layers, and then you start like mm -hmm. pulling uh, a big chunk like that off. Mm -hmm. Let's move it along. Um, what was the... <laughs> Yeah, this is a, this is a PG podcast. All right, uh, the weather, Jim. I unless I absolutely have to, well, I turn all my notifications off. I don't need it. I don't want it. Wow. I don't take okay. many. I don't take many shots at uh, people or entities. But I am. I really just about had it with the weather business. Whoa. Um, the, Whoa. They just they're making money off of constantly frightening people for no reason it's mm -hmm. you know rain is coming our way uh, uh you ever go to, to like weather.com and there's always it could be 
just a beautiful, every day there's something terrible just on the a front page. Yeah. Beautiful spell in the middle of October, and they've got this ominous warning about well, don't get too comfortable, folks. Next week we've got the system <laughs> moving. Well, we always have yeah. a system moving in. So I yeah. just got I'm done with it, and uh, if I need to read about something, then I'll pull it up that morning. Absolutely. Well, you get the warnings, yeah. and here here's another mm-hmm. thing. If you live in a house with more than just yourself, some other people have cell phones in that house. So you're going to get those severe weather uh, tornado warning alerts on somebody else's phone that's going to wake you up. Or uh, Yeah. So that's my piece on that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Dan, when I become president, I will uh, abolish weather warnings. I'm sure that would go over well with everybody, <laughs> just for you. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's there are times where you need to have a plan in place. You've got to get to your safe spot. And terrible weather does strike. It does. I think it, you're it, right. It's just they wear you out with the the day to day stuff. Turn mm-hmm. yeah. I turn a lot of alerts off. It can be very distracting. Yeah, I just don't allow anything to send me notifications. I don't have to worry about it. Jim, one last question on any old old music you're listening to right now Ooh, i've gotten into um the band a good bit so we love uh up on cripple creek atlantic city i'm gotten into a little bit of warren zevon lately i think he's great nice old country i think last time we spoke i was telling you about how i was into wayland jennings but i've listened to a little bit of toby keith r.i.p um the past couple weeks yeah just more that he's passed. He's, I'm not a huge fan of his overall, but some of those songs it's fun to listen to once or twice. Well, um, I, I will say real quick about Toby Keith. It's real easy to just uh, put him aside. I didn't pay a lot of attention to him, say, the last 12, 15 plus years. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Um, I like what he was doing the late 90s, early 2000s. And this is, it's not a political stance or anything. I just, it wasn't substantive enough for me, but some of the, I love this bar and the beer for my horses and mm-hmm. dream walking and th- those types of songs back then. That was fun. I was 22, 23. Um, it, he actually had a, he had a really good voice, at least back then. Mm-hmm. But even his image and the caricature that, people who didn't like his music imagine him to be completely oh he's totally in this box he really Mm -hmm. wasn't quite what you thought he was um you have to you have to look at some of these performers and realize that like i think he he wrote the lyrics of the uh, courtesy of the red white and blue supposedly on a a a beverage napkin and it was (laughs) after 9-11 and he was red hot about it and you know a lot of us had pretty strong feelings and so that that takes off and that that kind of changes his brand and so what do you do when you're just you're holding on to that rocket and up you go why would you you're just going to double down on that so Mm -hmm. that's how he made his money and that's the way i look at it but well and i didn't even really think about that should have been a cowboy was from 93 yeah. I just always kind of I forget about that song and that it was him and and he wrote it popped those, up on my Spotify. He wrote those lyrics too. A lot of those artists, mm-hmm. uh, country artists, uh, 
they sing them. I mean, uh, Jason Aldean, I don't know if he writes. He might write some of his music, but, yeah, Toby Keith wrote a lot of the lyrics. Yeah, and he, I just, you don't re- realize that his career didn't start with 9-11. He was, you know, making hit songs 10-plus years before that almost. So. Yeah. Yeah, RIP to him. That was terrible. So, But that's mostly what I've been listening to. I don't have a real, I mean, playlist is pretty eclectic, but I haven't listened to much new since we spoke. Except for maybe that Warren Zevon stuff a little bit. I've gotten into him some. Well, I was hoping you might maybe sing us out with a... Oh, I should have been a cowboy. <laughs> should have learned to run open ride. Uh, that's not really singing, though. That's like me imitating mm-hmm. him singing. So I don't think How's he... that? Is that going to have to get cut, too? What? I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I think you need to get... I think you need to find someone to... To record you. Okay. Oh, well, hey. Get some studio time booked. Okay, I'll do it. Maybe next time you come up, bring your uh, fancy podcast equipment. <laughs> we'll make it that way. Send out some demo tapes. Well. Dan, this has been great. Thank you for having me, buddy. Thanks for being here, Jim. Anything else you want to promote, plug, or state? Oh, man. That's a great question. <laughs> hey, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, some of the questions I was planning to ask. Ooh. I wish I had a picture of it. And they're all bulleted point, uh, bullet, bullet pointed. Mm-hmm. Bullet pointed, yeah. Bullet I just pointed. scribbled them out. One of them just says, would you? And then I didn't finish the thought. <laughs> would you? <laughs> Everybody show up? Would you? Could you? So I guess that's my last Absolutely. my last question of the day is Jim, would you? Dan. You would, absolutely. wouldn't you? Absolutely. I knew you would. No hesitation. You know it. All right. Okay. Well remember folks, if it's you know, if it's getting to be that time where Things are getting a little dusty around the house. You hadn't cranked that lawnmower all winter. Uh, you know you need to do it at least once. Get out there and uh, crank it up. Make sure it still runs properly because the spring and summer will be here before you know it. Check check those vents. Um, you check know. those vents. Yeah, that's important. You know, fire hazard. Check those vents. Get out there. If you hadn't had a a good buck man come out to your house and and spray or uh, mm-hmm. Maybe lay out some stations for for termites. Uh, you really need to consider that. Um, if you haven't mm-hmm. got your car washed in a while, it's about time. You know when it's mm-hmm. time to get that thing uh, vacuumed, cleaned inside and out. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's time <laughs> to take your wife out to dinner or your husband or your mm-hmm. partner, do it. If it's, you know, it, it may be time. Those breaks, don't. Don't ignore Don't. that squealing Don't. sound. You're backing out of the driveway. No. You're going to work every morning. You know mm. something's happening, and uh, just like an illness, maybe you don't want to. You don't want to find out what's going on. But when it comes oh. to your vehicle, uh, take your vehicle down to the good folks there at uh, ABC Automotive. Oh. They will. They'll, hey. they'll take care of you and tell them Jim sent you. That's right. ABC, uh, you later. Jim, five months. Yes, buddy. Five months have passed. Uh, who knows if we'll wait another five months? 
I want to get you to the five time the five timer club as quickly yes. as I can. And I don't know who's next. Let's see who have we had here twice. Dan Kabelka has returned, and oh my gosh, I'm going to forget someone who's going to get their feelings hurt. I think that's it. Well, um, the main thing is that I've I've been on the most. So in your face, everybody else named Dan. Jim is number one on this podcast. All right. Well, how about that? That's right. Always number one. That's right. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed it. Very unconventional Dan Time episode. You don't get these all the time. We're back to business next week. We're going to straighten up and tidy up and clean up our act. No more toilet paper, uh, condiment packet talk. So en- enjoy it while it lasted because we're coming to a close here. Jim, have a great rest of the night. What are you having for dinner later tonight? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have meatloaf after all this talk about mm. so, meatloaf. Yep. Can't go wrong there. Well, I don't say this very often, and this I should have put this in there with all the um, maintenance instructions and advice. Jim, mm-hmm. I love you, man. I love you too, Dan. Don't forget, folks. Like. Tell, tell somebody that you love them. That's right. That could be a friend. That could be a child. That could be your spouse. Uh, that could be. That could be someone. Oh my you're... gosh, Dan! They've been playing the playing you off here. If this was the Oscars for the past five minutes, this is wrap it up. Man. <laughs> Hurry up. How many outros do you have? Bye, everybody. <laughs> and remember, we'll see you next week on the Dan Time Podcast. Thank you, Jim. You're have welcome. a great night. Hey, if you love that episode, tell a friend about it. I always appreciate you downloading and subscribing to the show. That way, you catch every weekly episode as soon as it's released. And if you hear a guest on this show and think, man, I wish Dan would have more people like that on this podcast, send me a note. Ask and you shall receive. DanTimePod at gmail.com, at DanTimePod across the socials. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, or if you would like to appear on the podcast. Have a great week, and I'll see you next Sunday.